Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. Woo, this is going to be different than you've ever heard it. <laughs> but it's so accurate. I, I'm, I'm so, it's so good to me now when I really understand what's going on. And when you, I'm, I'm going to show you word for word. Some of you guys are on fellowship. What is spiritual gifts? What is this body of Christ? That'd be a good thing to know, right? Because there's been whole ministries, whole uh, denominations, actually, in my opinion, incorrectly translating what it actually says. And so um, I just want to share a little bit of that with you to give you, because it's actually beautiful. There's two covenants, are there not? There's always two men in your loins. There's always two covenants. There's always two songs. There's always two halves. You always see this, this two, 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 two. And it's about the physical man and the spiritual man. It says, just as you can create in the first covenant spirit, physically, the same thing is in the body of Christ. The unseen part of you, the unseen man, the spiritual man, creates. Now, um, <clears throat> it's actually very powerful when you understand it. But I want to I go through uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 a little bit. And uh, we'll see what we get through tonight. And I'll probably share some more tomorrow night on the fellowship. But this is really powerful stuff once you get it. And, uh, and it's not weird. It fits every other scripture. And so I was sharing this on the fellowship too. Is, is, um, I want to share some things with you. Because most how I was taught, uh, uh, I was raised, there was, no, there was not spiritual gifts necessarily how I was later taught. And... Uh, but everything worked. That's what's interesting. It's like all, everything worked in my life without that. And then I was taught, well, you don't have the whole thing yet. Denying the fact that I'm complete in Christ, nothing lacking, but somehow I still was lacking something. So I was like, all right, these guys, they seem to know what they're talking about. And then when I, when I actually studied out, I go, they don't know anything what they're talking about, actually. In fact, I, was, I should have stuck with my heart on this one and, and going, why, why are people being strange? But I, see, I don't think this, I don't think scripture, I don't think scripture actually... Um, contradicts itself. I think it's all pretty accurate. Now, our translation of it contradicts itself. So I want to share a couple, a, a couple um, scriptures with you on prayer first, and then see if Paul contradicts it. Because here's Matthew 6, 5, red letters. So if it's red letters, who is it? Jesus talking. That's what I was taught anyway. I thought the whole thing was him talking. But anyway, you can only trust the red letters. So in fact, I got that when I graduated from when I did my confession, I got a red letter King James Bible, read it, and was like, what is this? This now, they had no idea what it was talking about. All right, so this is Jesus, but I want the central character in the whole scripture, this is Jesus talking about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. So their prayer is something you can be seen. Everybody with me so far? Something that people could see. Verily I say unto you, they already have their reward. What was their reward? To be seen. To look religious, to look pious, right? So, so their reward is that, then he says this, but you, when you pray, enter into your closet, meaning you can't, see, it's somewhere people can't see, right? Enter into your closet, and when you have completely shut the door, when you've gone inside, pray to the Father which is in secret, hidden. Isn't that what he's saying? So he says, don't stand on the corner where people can see it. This prayer is somewhere nobody can see. It's in the secret place. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. And when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Now, most of you guys that were taught prayer language, wasn't it vain repetition? Like just do, that's actually how I was taught. Just keep doing the same syllable over and over and over. Anybody else taught that? It's like yabba dabba dabba dabba. I remember like, is Paul saying something different? Did, if Jesus thought praying in tongues, how we were taught was important, wouldn't he have said it here? Never talks about it. He says, this prayer, the prayer of the gods, maybe I'll take you on that, like, 
Actually, like, oh my gosh, as I'm reading it, I'm getting, I'm about ready to throw things, right? Be a little more peaceful, Mike. Because I'm reading it going, these people, you know, going, it is not close to what it says. It's actually beautiful what it says. So anyway, would you, would you agree that Jesus is talking about a prayer that can't be seen or is in the closet, but what you do in the, un, in the secret place will be seen by all. There's going to be effects that everybody will see. It'll, it'll witness is what it says. The whole world will witness it. Everybody good on that? So this prayer is not seen. Let's go to John. You like John? Is he in your Bible? He's in mine. Maybe you don't like what he says, but he's in there. So this is my, one of my favorite verses of all time because I just it's so assuring to me. It's so beautiful to me. So here's John 16. <clears throat> in this revelation or in this day, you shall not ask any... In, uh, <clears throat> wait, hold on. Yeah, okay. And that day you shall, ask, you shall ask in my name, I say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Oh, wait, hold on. No wonder. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Wrong, wrong chapter. I'm going, well, this doesn't look what I wanted to share. So, hold on. My, my, my online thing is like doing, not working very well here a minute. Hold on. I'm trying to get it to go. It probably is because I threw my phone down. <laughs> yeah. All right, here, let's do this. So I got it to come up again. Like the app, the app like blanked out on me. Okay, in this day, you shall ask me nothing. This is Jesus talking, this is John, you know, talking to, verily, verily, amen, amen, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name or nature, he will give it to you. And in that day, you shall ask me anything. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, or desire, it literally says desire. If you have a desire, you shall receive it so that you can be crammed full, overflowing with joy. Now, do you see anything, vain repetition in there? I don't see it. Do you? So Jesus doesn't talk about it. John doesn't talk about it. Does Paul talk about it? I don't think he does when I show you. I think he's talking about the exact same thing because scripture doesn't contradict itself. Now, some of you guys, your brain is about to explode because you spent 50 years in the, doing this stuff. And I'm going, I don't think that's what it says at all. I'm going to go word for word with you. Is that okay? So, all right. Prayer is secret. Jesus says prayer is secret. Nobody can hear it. That's, that should be our, and there's not vain repetition that somebody can see. So it's not da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, all these weird things that we were taught, right? In fact, uh, she's doing Sunday school tonight. <laughs> she. I'll get myself in trouble. I better stop. So it was just funny to me. All right, so let's go. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go to, um, so I'm going to read it from here too, but you guys, can, you, can I see that or no? I took screenshots of Strong's. Maybe you can't see it. Can you see that? Is it too blurry? You can, you can see it okay? All right. So here's 1 Corinthians 12. Now how we read it in English, English it says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant, but I want to show you something interesting. When you took it in, in a linear, it says, Concerning now, spiritual gifts. When we think of spiritual gifts, if somebody has the gift of tongues, isn't that a noun? It's a something, a noun, right? What is spiritual gifts here? Is it a noun? It's an adjective. That's when I'm about ready to throw things. Like, what the? This isn't a noun. I, I actually know a little bit of English. My mother was on me about this stuff. She probably is like, some of my bad English now, she's crying. Doing my best, mom. 
Every now and then I get a little Iowan. So, so adjectives describe what? Nouns. So spiritual gifts is not a noun. It's an adjective describing brothers. Brothers is the only noun right there. So it's not. Now, brothers, like you're my sister, you're my brother, concerning spiritual gifts, shoo-ba-doo-ba-doo. Not even close is what he's talking about. I'm going to show this to you. Some of you guys ready to throw me out already. But am I, this is from your book. I just, that's why I copied and pasted so nobody can go, you're making this up. Your guys you learned from are making it up. They're literally making it up. Concern, spiritual gifts is a, an adjective. Adjective describes nouns. The only noun here is brothers. Literally what it says is this. Now, you can create physically. You guys understand this first covenant. Right? When two come together, it creates physically. That is an act of God. Like, how, how does creation happen? And it says, now, concerning spiritual brothers is an idea to the Hebrews. The brother was something that's created from the spiritual womb. Is literally what he's saying here. Now, concerning creation from the spiritual womb, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now he goes into 12, 13, 14. You see what he's saying here? He's talking about just as you can create in the first covenant, there is a spiritual womb. Brothers is offspring from the womb. So he's saying, what you create from the spiritual womb, I don't want you to be ignorant, guys. Everybody with me so far? That's literally what he's saying here. Now let's go to the next verse, because the next verse is just butchered too. So here's what he's talking about here. So he says, um, in English it says, now you know when you were pagans, and you, you, were, you worshipped mute idols, even as you were led and being carried away. When I, when I looked this up in the interlinear, I'm like, he's not talking about pagans or idols? Like, this is where I'm going, what? I, I just find it strange that these mega pastors aren't even curious to know what their book says. Because when I start looking at it, I'm going, that is not what it says. So here's literally what it says. You know, or you understand this, when pagans, pagans, it says races or ethnicities. It says, you know that races and their ethnicities, ethnos, are created in the same image when two come together. And the dumb creatures create the same way. Stop talking. I'm reading this. My brain is exploding. Where I shouldn't, I shouldn't be surprised anymore that what we learned is like 180 degrees off. He's going. Listen, you you guys understand when two come together. So let me let me explain it like this. When when two Chinese people come together, they're not going to create a Scottish woman. What are they going to create? Chinese in the same image. And guess what? Dogs do the same way is what he's saying. The dumb create the same way. When you were pagans and you were worshiping mute idols, like that's not even close to what it says. It's saying when two horses get together, it doesn't produce a naked mole rat. It produces the same image. Does that make sense? You see what he's saying here? So he's setting this whole thing up. He goes, when you understand physical creation, you're going to understand the things that are created out of the Spirit. Now that's what he's talking about, okay? You guys good so far? Then he goes through this long narrative in 1 Corinthians 12 where he's, he's, he's given this imagery of spiritual bodies and physical bodies. Spiritual bodies, physical bodies. And he says this. He's, he, I, don't, I don't want to go through word for word because it's too long. Um, but basically he's saying this. Just as there are... All of you have different parts of your body, but it's all one body, right? You have a hand and you have a foot, but it's all part of you. And if one part of you suffers, everything's going to suffer, right? If you, if, you, if you have a broken foot, it affects every part of you. 
And if you have a broken hand, it affects every part of you, is what he's trying to say. And then he says something really interesting. He says, and the, the parts that you least esteem, he's, symbolically he's talking about spiritual things here. He goes, the parts that you create with, that God thinks are divine, that your creative ability of man, he goes, you cover up. So it's the secret place again, this idea where he's showing, you think they're less, but those parts are godly, and they're highly esteemed by God, but you hide them. Secret. Got it? And then he starts talking about the spirit is the same way. You are the body of Christ is what it says. So let me just see. I want to make sure I get what I wanted to share there. So yeah, you are the races. The ethnic groups are created in the same image face-to-face. Face-to-face pros is meaning when they're together, right? Animals create the same way is what he's saying. Um, so the mute, the animals are creatures that don't speak or led and brought forth the same way. All right. Then it goes through the 1 Corinthians 12 narrative. So now let's get down to verse 27. We get to this next... This next uh, is this where he starts talking about tongues and different things and people get confused? All right. Now, this, this, if I'm speaking here, up here, and I want to include me with all of you, do you know what a first person prepositional pronoun is? I, we. Second person, do you know what second person is? You, if I'm talking to Ashley. James, right? You. Third person, right? So if I wanted to include me in this discussion, if I wanted to say, we are the body of Christ, I would say we. He uses second person personal pronoun. Here's what he's saying. You are the body of Christ. He didn't include, the writer didn't include himself. How I was taught it was like this. Well, some people have this gift, some people have that gift, and it makes up the whole body. Now what it says, it's what we were taught, but that's not, if, we, if we look at it carefully, that's why I'm, I'm screenshotting this stuff. So like, you can't go, well, do you know what he said? I'm like, no, no, you know what your book says? No, you don't, actually. You had some knucklehead going, shooby doo doo And that's not what he's talking about. We're, we're missing the most beautiful part of creation in this thing because of their missing translation of what's going on here. So here's what he's saying. You now are the body of Christ, just like you have a physical body with all different parts and all different functions. He says there are specific organs and specific parts of you, but it's all one body. And he goes, guess what? There's... there's there's words of knowledge, there's all these things, there's all these different things in you, which is from this only one body, it's the body of Christ that you have. You are the body of Christ. You guys with me so far? So we use the second personal pronoun. You are the body of Christ, and members in particular. So actually, when you read it in English, it's when you take the Greek and you just translate it, exactly what's written there, it says, now you are the body of Christ, and you have different organs and parts, but the same origin, ek, and it says, it's, these organs work from the inside out, is ek. Spiritual to physical. What you do in the, in the spirit creates and it brings it from the inside out. He goes, you are the body of Christ. You have all different organs and parts and you create ek from the inside out. Now the next verse. And some indeed has appointed God in the church first apostles. I submit to you, he is not talking about church offices whatsoever, anywhere. Jesus doesn't talk about it. John doesn't talk about it again. I submit to you, Paul doesn't talk about it. He's talking about something totally different. Like when I first started, because this came up, this came up in a fellowship a week, week and a half or so ago. Well, Paul thinks it's very important. I go, I don't think so. I think you were taught by some pastor that doesn't know what he's talking about, thinks it's very important. Paul doesn't even talk about this. So let's read this carefully, what he says. All right. Remember he's talking about different parts that create, just as animals create two to two. Then he goes, I don't want, I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual womb. Things are created out of your spirit in the same way. You have the same parts in the Holy Covenant. Even though that was glorious, what's drawn out of water, Moses certainly is drawn out of water is what it says. How much more glorious, this covenant that fades away, how much more glorious is this one that never fades away? Your strength in these two halves between your mind, 
the spiritual, the secret place, never fades or go away, just like the physical creation fades and goes away. He says, but the much more one is what you do appear forever. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to show you everything he's sharing there. So, in some indeed he has appointed God in the church, that apostles. Oh man, you, you, you like these guys, they like their title? Oh my gosh. Oh, I didn't share my muktuk. Did I share this? Oh. See, I get all excited about what's going on. So uh, Raymond and Priscilla came, gave me this from Santa Fe, a couple that tunes in from Santa Fe. Oh, God, I got a testimony to share too. I forgot. It's like beautiful. Um, anyway, muktuk. I looked it up today. So their, their son works in Alaska. And uh, muktuk is whale skin with subcutaneous blubber. <laughs> It means they cut these little pieces with skin and, and fat and eat them as a delicacy. So you got muktuk. Raymond, I don't have muktuk, so, but I'll wear your shirt. That's where it comes from, so thank you for the shirt. Um, ooh, I'll share this testimony at the end because this, this, this is, remind me, somebody remind me, like yell at me, okay, because I'll forget. Um, they created in the spirit beautifully. They weren't ignorant of, of the spiritual womb. The same way a physical creation happens, you can create any desire you want in the spirit. That's what he's talking about here. Isn't that beautiful? So anyway, so he says, first the apostles. I showed you when Jesus sends out the 12, that literally your book says duodeco, double, remember the word? Unchandre. So your book does not say he sent out 12 men. It says he sent out duodeco which is double entendre, so sexually explicit, ladies would blush. That's what your book says. So Jesus isn't sending 12 guys running around Asia, and neither is Paul. Jesus is saying, you, know what, you want to know what duodeco is? Finish the work in the house. Two, bet, house. Ten, the finished work. Send out the finished work in the house. That is apostolos. Now let's see if Paul says the same thing, Okay. Second, so first, I want you to think as a Hebrew or an Aramaic. So first, the first letter in Hebrew is what? Anybody know? Aleph. And it literally is two yods, the work of God above and below a man. It says man in the beginning, from the beginning, Genesis 1, from the beginning you have the ability to take from the spirit and create it into the physical. You have the strength of God, Genesis 1, from the beginning. Aleph is the exact same, it's one word, it's Aleph. It says, you have the strength of an ox to bring forth from the spirit to the physical, the strength of God. Isn't that wild? So anyway, so it says, first, a message with the strength of God is created and sent out, apostolosos. If you go look it up, it says, it's used for one time, my wife and I know this word very well, it's one time in scripture, it's only used in scripture once, and it's Shiloh. It's a message sent out. And then if you go look in your concordance, it'll say for the Hebrew word, Shiloh. Now, Shiloh is Shin Yad Lamed Hey. And it literally says the fire of the finished work of God from the rod of man that returns in grace. I think he's talking about duodeco. I think he's talking about double entendre. I don't think he's going, I am an apostle. <laughs> really? That means you're the completed work of a man. <laughs> oh boy really that's what you are good for you wow you guys getting this 
but I'm Deborah, and I'm, <laughs> I can't help myself. Is it Deborah? She's an apostle. She's the woman. Like, do you know what Deborah means? I don't think so, although you, guys, you wouldn't brag about it. So prophet and prophetess, guys, these are not offices. So he says, first, ab, one, ab. First, send out the completed message from the rod within. Apostolos. Second, bet, or within, oh, did I, did I change things? Maybe, I, oh, there we go. Sorry, Jeff. So second is bet. So remember, he says first, second, first, second. Aleph, bet, ab, father. Anytime you see one, two, three, I promise you he's talking about creation. So bet, second is bet. Bet means within the house. So the first two letters in Hebrew, first apostolos, second bet. Here's exactly what he's saying. Ab, a left bet, the father, sends out the completed message that returns in material force in the house. Uh-oh, I don't think he's talking about a prophet. I don't think he's talking about the office of prophetess. Prophet, within the house, I'm just, I quoted this from your Strongs. A foreteller, one who moved by the Spirit of God and hence his organ or spokesman. He's talking about spiritual organs, remember? He's talking about the spiritual body, and so he's going, this organ that, that speaks is this. There's a spiritual part of you, a tongue or an organ within you, that speaks in the mystery's secret place, but it's powerful. It returns. So here's what it literally says. The organ, <clears throat> or the, uh, a foreteller, one who is moved by the Spirit of God, enhances organ or spokesman. So the fire of the finished work of the rod of man that creates in grace. The organ or foreteller inside the house. Here's what he's saying. What you do within prophesies. When you pray, when you believe you have received it, any, anything you do in here, guys, any work you complete, when you see something and feel something and it starts to create an emotion as if it's already real, that is a foreteller of what you're going to see in your physical. It's exactly what he's talking about here. Does anybody else see this or is it just me? When you read it in Greek, it's like nothing what you've taught in da-da-da-da. I don't think most people would want to be called an apostle if they knew it. What it means. It's the message sent out by the single eye of a man. Hello. I'm apostle (laughs) so-and-so. You weirdo. The fire of finished work of the rod of man that creates in grace. The organ or foreteller. This is the spiritual organ, guys. What you do within will be seen without. Isn't it the same thing? What he's talking about? Just as you understand this, races or ethnicities are created when two come face to face. And it's created in the same image. And guess what? All creatures that are dumb, that don't speak with a human language, create the same way. So when two come together, when, when two cats come together, they give, give birth to what? Kittens, right? Now guess what? When you see and feel within as if it's real, that spiritual womb, brethren, that offspring from the spiritual womb creates in the exact same way, and it's a foreteller. Every seed returns after its kind. So if you think on good things, what are you going to experience? Good things. If you think on negative things, the spirit is submissive to the man. What are you going to experience? Exactly. You guys getting this? That's what he's saying. I'll say first, first, send out the completed work of the rod of man within the house. And it prophesies. It foretells. All right, then teachers. So three, three is just three, and I took it right from your, from concordance again, tritos, from trice. And then it says this, which is so interesting. The number of God symbolically showing his full orb work, the completed work of God within. That's what he's saying. First send it out into the house. 
and three, Lamed. So three, the full, the finished work of God, the finished or, full orb work of God in, and then teachers is didaskalos from didasko teach the Hebrew letter Lamed. You guys know what Lamed is? So this is why I'm like, none of these pastors are fascinated by what their book actually says, or are they just sloppy? Because when I'm looking at it now, I'm going, you can't deny what it says to me. And it's no, there's no contradictions anywhere. It's all the same message. So here's literally Lamed. Look up your concordance. It'll say, for the Hebrew word, Lamed. Lamed is the rod of a man. And it's Lamed. Mem, the let. That's literally, <laughs> it's so funny to me when I read this. It's like humorous to me. Because I'm going, these guys get so serious about this. And they're talking about physical acts of creation. Here's what it says. Third, the full-orbed work of God, Lamed. Teacher is the, 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 for the Hebrew, Lamed. And it's the rod of man. Well, Lamed, met. it's the mighty waters that come out of the opening of a rod of man, is Lamed. The full-orbed work of God is the mighty waters that come out of the door of the rod of man. Now, he's talking spiritually here. He's not talking about sexually, but he's trying to show you it's the same thing. Third, Lamed. Then what happens? Then there's only two words left. It says, then miracles. Now we read it in English and stuff. says, then the working of miracles. That's very generous because that's not what it says. It's literally two words. It says, then miraculous power. Isn't that fascinating? Now, you want, you want to see the rest? All right, so let's go to the last. We're almost done. This, I want to help you because oh, this will clear up some confusion, man. And let me just, let me say this. If you want a shabba-dabba-dabba, that's fine. I don't really care. It's just not what it says. It's just not what it says. So if you want to do I have no problem if you're doing it. I'm just saying it doesn't work. It's not what it's talking about, right? <laughs> I'm just saying the rest of the world thinks you're a little bizarre. All right. Then it says the gifts of healing, the helping, the administration, various kinds of tongues. Again, guys, if you read this in Greek, I don't know where they came up with this stuff, but it says, literally, it says, Gifts of healing, helping, administering various kinds, tongues. And Lily says this. If you go look up each of those words, it says, the one who lays hold of, or antilimpsis, or antilambanos. is lambanos. You guys remember what lambano is? To actively lay hold of something, to hold something. It says, when you do that finished work within, when you see what you desire as if it's real and it starts to get emotional, you've laid hold of the free gifts of grace, the spiritual healing and cure. The offspring, then it says, administered by various kinds of tongues. People's like, I have the gift of administration. To me, that just means you work as a secretary for the church and get paid nothing. That's not at all what it says. It says, this offspring is governed. Remember he's talking about, I want to, brethren, I want you to talk about the, the physical creations that come out of a spiritual womb, how everything's created. It says, the offspring governed by this tongue or organ of a man. Remember, we're talking about spiritual organ within. So he's saying this. He says, all of this is governed, didn't Jesus say it's the Father's good pleasure to give you his governance? It's, I've given you my royal rule and reign. Same here. Here's what he's saying is, all of this is governed by the spiritual organs within you. You get to choose. That's what he's saying. Isn't that fascinating? There's not one office in the church created. Isn't that fascinating? Because otherwise he contradicts Jesus, he contradicts John. Now, guys, save your hate mail. I won't I won't read it. 
the testimonies coming in right now are off the charts, aren't they? People are getting hold of this. Like, no, I'm getting pastors all the time going, I saw this three years ago and I had to shut my church down because that denomination killed me. I go, I know. You're in good company. Jesus, he wasn't really understood, was he? The religious leader, there's nothing new under the sun. It's so astonishing that he's given you his royal rule and reign. They make stuff up. Like they, I don't know if they just can't bring themselves to say what it says, but it is beautiful, guys. So here's what he's saying. The offering governed by this organ or tongue is, cures you spiritually. Anything you need. Isn't that wild? All right. Now, let's go down to the last one because then it starts going about different things. And then let's talk. The tongues was the thing that was brought up specifically in the fellowship the other day. So like, oh, tongues. Paul talks about a lot. Not what you, not what you were taught. So let's read it. So if you go down to, uh, I think this is 1 Corinthians 14, 2. It says, the one speaking in tongues, not to man, speaks to the God, not to one, hears in the spirit. How, in English, it's something like this. It says, the one speaking in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. And then how, how does it say? Uh, um, how I was taught, very incorrectly, from what the scripture actually says, it says, this speaking, so the one speaking in the tongue, or what it says, what is the bar of the organ not to men? So here's what he's saying. The message or the debar, debar is the offspring, bet resh, offspring of the delet. The doorway that controls the covenant of the mind produces offspring. That word, that's the debar, that message that every time that he talks about this speaking here, it's a variation of debar. The offspring that comes from the, the door of the lamed, I can't even, like, all of them just going, jeez, like. But here's what he's talking about. <laughs> the door that controls the offspring of the, that covenant. There's a, there's a holy place covenant, and then there's the holiest of holies, the spiritual place covenant. This has a different lamed. This has a different rod, right? But it's just as powerful as what he's saying. So that message, that debar that's sent out in the two halves up here, is with the organ not to men, to anthropos, it says. So this, when you speak in the spirit, in the secret place, it's not to men, is what he's saying. And it literally uses anthropos. So, if I'm teaching tongues how I was taught, scooby-dooby-doo, can men hear that? Then it is not what he's talking about. Because this tongue is in the secret place that nobody can hear. Just like Jesus, just like John. Right? He's saying, this tongue, men can't hear it. Not anthropos. This isn't the speaking to men. The spiritual organ and message within. On the contrary, little if you take that next part, this is the speaking to God himself that no one hears. Don't you want to speak to God himself versus men who can't do anything about it? That's what he's talking about here. He's going, you all have a tongue and you all have a secret language that you're face to face with God and it creates like nobody's business, guys. But it's in the secret place that nobody can hear. You guys getting this? It's exactly what he's saying. And then he says, but in the spirit, this is this utterance, this message is sent out in the spirit and it's powerful and returns. Oof. I was taught, you got a scooby-dooby-doo and somehow Satan can't hear this message. Not realizing nobody can hear this message Except you, because <laughs> it's inside you. Amen? But 
It's a debar. It, is a, it produces offspring from the rod within your mind that's mystical and powerful and has the power of God. This is the, in fact, I'll, next couple, maybe I'll go through a couple more verses. Um, maybe, I'll, what time is it? I want to help you ladies real quick. Because if you continue in here, it starts talking about, um, what's the verse? Somebody tell me real quick if they can look it up. What's the verse that says, um, it's shameful for ladies to speak in church? Paul's talking about it in the same context here. You know what I'm talking about? I read that today. Again, I wanted to throw things. It's so bad. If they would even read Paul, Paul says this. There's no male, there's no female, there's no Jew, Gentile. There's one body, one spirit. We're all one. It has nothing to do with a lady not speaking in church. Like, you little unsubmissive thing I had you speak up here. <laughs> That's not what it says at all, right? It's like crazy. Give me that verse real quick. I'll, I'll paraphrase it for you. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow night. But here's basically what he's saying. He goes, if you have any desire, remember you're a father. You can, you can plant any seed you want. And, the, and, and it says, and the woman of man, where it says shameful, it says, the woman of man will not delay. The, submit, the, the woman in you will not delay. Now we translate it shameful. What, what's the verse? Yeah, so it's in the same context. Let me find it real quick. Ladies, sorry, you got the... It has nothing to do with that. He's talking about the, the spiritual creation within you. He goes, if you literally have any desire, men, go into your own abode. Go within, every one of us. Don't you realize your men remember? In, in Hebrew, it's the word zakar. Remembereth. He's not going, oh, I remember. What he's saying is, remember, you all are male. Male and female, each one of you, have the ability to create from within. If you have any desire, go into your own home, is what he says. Remember, you're a male, and the female part of you produces, and it won't be shameful. It says it will not return void, and it will return with no delay. Now, we've turned it into ladies can't speak in church. She wanted to throw, she wanted to throw this when, I, when I'm reading? I'll come out, and she's like, I know, I know what it says. Just <laughs> because it's the first time where I'm like, I think all of this is beautiful, and I think we were taught incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, so 1 Corinthians what, 14 what? I, yeah, so I, I'll do this tomorrow. I'll actually take a screenshot so you can see it tomorrow night on fellowship. But ladies, come on. You can speak in church like anybody else. What he's trying to do is, if you literally have any desire, go within, see the seed within you as if it's already done, and the womb of you will not delay. It'll, it'll be, it's submissive, and it'll come to you. Where it says, be submissive to the husband, what it's saying is, the physical part of you, the heart of you, the womb of, that everybody carries, this isn't the spiritual, this isn't the, the, the female's womb. So we're not talking about a woman's womb. We're talking about the body of Christ in every one of you that creates. And it says, you have any desire, see what you desire as if it's already real, and the woman of you is submissive and it will not delay. We're talking about fulfilling your desire. You're like, oh, cover your head. Ladies, don't speak, you little... Anyway, anybody getting anything out of this? <laughs> I'm just like, here's what, here's what I really want. Before anybody from now on, this is what I'm telling them. Before you, even me now, because I even say things like, oh, you know better than that. You know that's not what it says, right? 
Because once I go look it up, I go, of course, it says the same thing. There's only two covenants. What you do spiritually and what you do physically, the same. You have a physical body. The godly parts are here and they're holy, but they dry up around 50. That's what it says. But this one is Sarah and Abraham, and this one never fades. You will be able to create spiritually until you step out of this earth suit. Fascinating, isn't it? And that's exactly what he's talking about here. So how does this work, guys? Here's what I want you to do. He's not talking about tongues. He's not talking about how you were taught, like da-da-da-da-da-da. He's not talking about any of that. He goes, what you do in the secret place is speaking directly to God himself. And in Corinthians, it actually says, it actually says the language of Hermes. Anybody know what, ladies, know what Hermes is? It's really nice stuff, right? But literally, it says the language of the Greek god Hermes. You're speaking godly language when you do it in secret, and it produces the same way. The whole thing's about that. Isn't that fascinating? Maybe I'm the only one excited about this. <laughs> but to me, it's so freeing because I'm like, ladies, it's actually good news for you. It's not, there's nothing, it's not anything what these guys are talking about, right? These little male turds. It's not what he's talking about. Jeez. Anyway, so here's how it works, guys. I know, I know you've heard me say this a million times, but it says, well, you know what? If you need anything, if you need anything, remember your male. The womb of you, the heart of you, the spiritual womb of you, the body of Christ within you that creates is submissive to you. You can change any situation, any time, right now by simply seeing what you desire as if it's real, feeling as if it's already real, and it will not delay. It won't be shameful is what it says. It will not delay. It'll come to you. Isn't that fascinating? So, let me share this testimony, because this is beautiful, and we'll end on this. So, um, Barb and I were out with our friends, uh, Mark and Dana. I know uh, Steve and Kathy, you know him, right? And so they were sharing with us, uh, they're like, we got to tell you about my son, Brandon, because he started his own business. And I love this. He goes, uh, he goes hey, he listens all the time now. He's getting this. And, and, uh, um, and I thought it was fun, because he's like, yeah, my, my little Catholic dad, he listens all the time. He goes, I get this stuff. This is actually good stuff. So I, I love that stuff when people just come alive. So anyway, so Mark was telling us this. So he, he started his own business, and some of you guys like, that have started your own business, you know, it's like starting a business, right? Things a little scary sometimes, like how do I make payroll and all these. So he was going through all this stuff, like, man, I don't know. And, and so he was like, Dad, I think I'm going to take an extra job to pay off some debt I have. Thankfully, Dad listens to this stuff. Here's what scripture says. Salvation, or Yahweh's salvation, comes, or its nearness, is so that you, he, he came to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, now he said this, and I, I agree 100% with him. He goes, I don't like the get out of debt guy. I go, I can't stand it either. Because it's total lack. Like, shorten your lifestyle to screw up your mess that you created and get out of debt. I hate that message. I think it's wrong. I think it's absolutely not life-giving. I think it's horrible, actually. And dad thought the same way. And he's like, that is not life-giving. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I don't see anywhere where I have to cut back on anything. Do you? And if it's been given to me as an inheritance, either, either their whole Bible's screwed up or they just get to pick and choose what they want to satisfy their own wickedness. Right? It says, if you think anything, if, if you have to tell anybody, correct your lifestyle or it won't do this, he goes, that is the defiled heart of that man speaking. Not you. You don't, listen, he came to give you life and life more abundantly. If you're given something, what do we do? 
Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Cut back, you little thing, you. Bad message. Wrong message. Slaves work, inherits. Sons inherit. You guys get the whole, that's the whole message of the Bible. So it's, here's, here's here, Paul says this over and over and over and over and over. If I'm going to get out of debt by my own discipline, is it grace anymore? Can't be, can it? It says either it's works or grace. You pick, get out of debt guy. But stop condemning people, in my opinion. So thankfully, the father goes, no, 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 bro, no. Come on. Here's what he said. I loved it. He goes, how much do you want to make? Remember, he's just starting out in his business, right? How much do you want to make? He goes, 10000 would be great. I want to net 10000 after expenses. He goes, perfect. I'm going to see you doing that and the joy of you making that $10,000. And you do the same thing. And so he said, you know, my son, he would go to bed and he was like, yeah, what am I doing? Why am I worried about any of this stuff? All of it's freely given. So he goes, I would go to sleep and start, instead of stressing about it, I would see myself just joyfully at the end of the month making payroll and netting $10,000. Not cutting back on lifestyle, right? So in one month, here's what happened. So he said, I got to tell you this. So Brandon calls me and he goes, dad, you won't believe this. I grossed 30,000. I paid off $10,000 in debt and I made 10,000. All from the spiritual womb that creates within. Brothers, the offspring that's created from your spiritual womb is unlimited, guys. You can choose anything and receive it for free. Amen? So it helps, guys. God bless. Don't yell at me. It's what your book says. (laughs) Okay.